Hi, everybody. Welcome to the October 2nd, 2020 edition of Colorado Inside Out. I'm your host, Dominic Dizzuti. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, just another boring week in the news, but we're going to try to find something to talk about. 48 hours after a debate like none other seen in recent memory, the White House announced late Thursday night that President Trump and the First Lady both tested positive for COVID-19. The news will undoubtedly affect the remaining weeks of the presidential campaign, which in turn will likely affect many state and local races. Case in point, just this morning on Friday, Senator Chuck Schumer is asking those who have been in contact with Supreme Court nominee Amy Coney Barrett to quarantine themselves, which would include Cory Gardner scheduled to debate John Hickenlooper later tonight. Patty Calhoun from Westward. Uh, of course, we start with what we've heard from officials around uh, the country, uh, hoping that uh, everybody who is suffering from COVID, whether it be President Trump, the First Lady, or any of the thousands across America, that we all wish them a, a healthy and speedy recovery. But now looking into the effects of the news, Holy Toledo, um, where, where do we even start with how this is going to affect the campaign of, uh, in October of 2020? Well, I think with any luck, we will not be subjected to another debate like Tuesday night, which I left thinking I was in a fever dream. You just could not believe what you had seen and heard. And maybe Donald Trump will be able to use the excuse that he had a COVID fever at the time he was interrupting Biden nonstop. It's really been fascinating today to watch because to go back into some more polite history, the last time we had an issue that really affected the president of the United States, perhaps becoming incapacitated even just for a time, was when Eisenhower had his heart attack. And that was here on the Cherry Hills Golf Course in 1955. And he ran the White House or allegedly ran the White House for seven weeks from Fitzsimmons Army Hospital. So you wonder, it was a simpler country in some ways at that time. We had the Cold War, but we also did not have the incessant sharpshooting on social media, which is just going great guns today. I think we will not see many more debates, certainly in person, which is too bad because you get a better response. I, don't, I haven't heard if Gardner is going to go on with Hickenlooper tonight. I wish they would. We haven't had a debate with them yet. But Campaigning is definitely going to move away from in-person, which means more bad social media. Uh, that's a good point, and, and, and probably the only redundant thing you've ever said, Patty, bad social media. But uh, 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 joining us now, Craig Silverman, a uh, first of all, longtime uh, friend of the show. Craig, it's great to see you. Uh, columnist, attorney, and host of the Craig Silverman Show podcast. Great to see you, Craig. Uh, Clearly, these are major national headlines, frankly, international headlines, but we know they're going to impact races in Colorado, Senator Gardner's race, and probably a lot of others. How do you think we're going to feel the impact here in Colorado? Well, first of all, it's great to be here and on such a significant day. My sympathies to the president and the first lady, and I haven't felt sympathy toward him in a long time, so there might be a sympathy factor as well, if he described now as having mild symptoms, let's say he's in a week he says, I'm good to go, then that would be instructive in another way. Um, this week has been incredible. If you think you've had a bad week in your life, think about Donald Trump's week. Fresh off the heels of his niece suing him and his sister, his estranged sister judge for gazillions of dollars that they cheated her out of, you had that New York Times story that was unbelievable. We all knew that he was capable of cheating, but to cheat to that extent and pay a measly 750 bucks, 
And then that Tuesday night debate debacle. It was embarrassing, although it was memorable. I mean, my family, I have a senior in high school. We sat there glued to the TV at the kitchen table. My son, who's in college, he called me with some friends. Dad, what do you make of it? And I said, this is American history. When I was a little kid, I don't remember it, Kennedy Nixon, but I think this may be equally famous. And it's good that people saw it and were talking about it. And I'm worried about America because our national security with our president facing this crisis. And it could go the other way. I hope it doesn't. I hope he gets well. Cory Gardner is hitched to Donald Trump. And maybe that race becomes frozen and not for the better of Cory Gardner, who's running two of the most deceptive ads I've ever seen. One touting with his mother that he's all for paying for people with pre-existing conditions. We know that's not so. That's why they're trying to get rid of Obamacare. And then further, he says he's bipartisan. Well, he wasn't bipartisan with Collins and Murkowski on uh, the Amy Coney Barrett appointment. He's hypocritical about that. And he wasn't bipartisan with Mitt Romney on impeachment. So I think Corey is going to lose, and uh, that will start tonight. Eric Sonneman, columnist of Colorado Politics and political analyst, joins us. Eric, um, the debate feels like it was a month ago, and it was 72 hours ago. But this is the effect of the uh, light speed hyperspace uh, campaign that we are in in 2020. What are your thoughts of what all of the headlines of this week, if we can remember that far from Monday and Tuesday, are going to impact the races here in Colorado? So much to unpack, Dominic. Uh, not even 72 hours ago, less than that, and yet here we are. Uh, we thought that the uh, October surprise happened early and was actually a September surprise with Justice Ginsburg's death. But now we have a real October surprise, although let's be clear, that happened on October 1st. Last I looked, the month had 31 days, and who knows what further surprises are in store for us. This has been a reality show president presidency featuring a reality show president, and this is one more ultimate plot twist. I join Patty, you, Craig, uh, and no one wishes illness on anyone, particularly on the leader of our country, even when karma's involved, even when irony's involved. And I hope the president, I hope the first lady combat this and get through this and get well. In terms of its political impacts, yes, it does change the subject from a narrative that was going very poorly for the president, from the debate to the issue of his taxes or lack of tax payment, et cetera, et cetera. But the one predicate of the Trump candidacy has been to shift the topic away from COVID, to make it about anything but COVID, whether it's crime, uh, law and order, crime in the streets, whatever it is, anything but COVID. And clearly now, the, all the attention is back to COVID and how this country has fared through this crisis and how the president has handled this crisis. And that cannot be good for Donald Trump. As to Cory Gardner, I don't often agree with Patty, but I'll agree, even though her intent is actually absolutely right here when she says, I hope they're able to debate tonight. And of course, we all hope that there's some engagements and meaningful debates between Hickenlooper and Gardner. But if Cory Gardner needs to quarantine, if he's been advised to quarantine, then he ought to quarantine and then we'll find some other opportunity to debate or the debate can be virtual.
We're out at the panel tonight. Elena Alvarez, reporter with Colorado Politics. Elena, it's great to have you back. Uh, you do a great job covering a lot of Denver issues. I got to believe there wasn't a whole lot of oxygen left in the political room, if you will, before this week's headlines. I got to believe whatever molecules of political oxygen that was left for folks in Denver to talk about Denver issues, all of that just got sucked out the window in the last 48 hours. What do you think the impact will be locally of all these national headlines? Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I think people are exhausted. Um, they are full. They are jam-packed with everything that's been put on their plate. Um, and I, I really think that this, this will present, it could present a devastating blow um, for Trump and uh, his close followers. You know, Trump has spent um, the last few months desperately trying to convince um, the American people that the pandemic is behind them. Um, but here we are, you know, he didn't, he wasn't, uh, first wearing a mask in public until mid-July. Um, and so not only does this news send uh, the country into deeper uncertainty, we're a month out um, from a national election. We're less than two weeks out from the next presidential debate, which is set for October um, 15th. So I'm just, you know, I'm wishing I'm wishing President Trump and the First Lady a speedy recovery. This virus has taken the lives of over 205,000 Americans. Um, and so although this news is terrible, I just really hope it will lead to um, a strengthening of our fight against this pandemic and, and lead to changes that really do save lives. Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold had quite a week this week. Uh, earlier this week, she and Congressman Ken Buck were involved in a high-profile battle over a voter information postcard. A since-retracted story claimed Secretary Griswold was encouraging ineligible individuals to vote. On a totally different story late Thursday night, Griswold apologized for an earlier tweet from herself asking media outlets not to project winners or report results on election night. Craig, there's plenty to go from here. And frankly, if it weren't for the news out of Washington, D.C., this would probably be leading uh, national headlines and still may as we move forward. Uh, any aspect, the postcard uh, asking media outlets to not report and then apologizing for that tweet a few hours later. Take your pick. I like Jenna, but she is political. Now is the time for a secretary of state to kind of lay back out of politics. But when Donald Trump is attacking election integrity and universal mail ballots, it's okay for her to speak up. And she won that little kerfuffle with Ken Buck. Channel 4 took down the story. She wasn't doing anything wrong. But boy, did she make an unforced error with that tweet. It was hashtag press pause. And nobody in the press likes being told what to do. You're the government. You stay out of the business. What are you doing? She took the tweet down, but it was a bad idea. Quickly withdrawn. Has all sorts of First Amendment implications. Here's my dream on election night. Florida and Ohio report right away. Colorado reports right away. From there, we can extrapolate how the night's going to go. So don't get all worried. Uh, Eric, this is another one of these situations where uh, if not for a th national headlines that just completely upset the entire media uh, news cycle, this, I think, actually gets more legs. This might be one of these things that might go away in a couple of days just because of the impact of everything else. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? Yeah, Donald Trump is certainly the master of changing the subject. And in this case, maybe he did that to Jenna Griswold's benefit, because certainly with the uh, news last night, the subject got changed. I made Jenna Griswold my say something nice a week ago. So 
uh, as fate would have it. She goes and oversteps and overplays her hand this week. I think Craig's analysis is, is largely correct. I think on the debate about the postcard uh, that, the sec that, that was sent out, she did get the better of that with Ken Buck, that there was a clarification from Channel 4 that had run the original story. Tim Wheland, who's a friend of ours, a friend of this program's, uh, uh, took, uh, took the story down or clarified it. But uh, the tweet that Jenna Griswold sent out last night is, is, was really ill-advised, and you wonder what was in her head and problematic. First of all, even if the networks were to comply with her advice, which was never in a million years going to happen, but even if they were going to comply, you can't keep a lid on news. There are so many sources of news. We all have them in our pockets these days, ultimate sources of news uh, in the form of our phones. Uh, and the news of whatever results are available is going to come out. To her credit, unlike some other people that we won't mention right now, when she realized she had made a mistake, she apologized, she took it down. And a few others could learn that when they make a mistake on Twitter to follow suit. Elena, with all the folks you're covering in Denver, I'm sure a lot of them are going to be gathered around their uh, media outlet of choice, whether it be online or broadcast or radio, awaiting results with, with uh, anxiety and probably wanting those results pretty quickly. I can't imagine any of those folks are sitting around saying, yeah, w wait a day or two. I, I think people are going to be wanting results by 7.30 on election night. But what do you think about the things we saw from, Senator, uh, from Secretary of State Griswold this week? I think you're absolutely right, Dominic. Um, and what I saw, I mean, it's just never a good idea for elected officials to um, direct or demand um, members of the media act in any certain way. As we all know, reporters' jobs are to check the power of people in public office, um, not to be influenced by it. Um, the bigger picture here, though, I think, is that Republicans are trying to cast doubt um, on the credibility of this election. And um, Ken Buck has gone all in, I think, on Trump's conspiracy. Uh, this is a reflection of that. I think Griswold has been um, pretty clear that these were not ballots. They were encouragement to register, which is done by all it was just done all the time by all kinds of organizations. Um, still, I think her call, um, her demand to media to not call the election that night um, was, you know, it, it really only called attention to herself and also gave Donald Trump the power, the ammo really to, to be able to say, look, Democrats don't want you to see the election results on election night because they want to rig the election. Um, and so really this is not, on Griswold's part, and I was very glad to see her recognize that and own up to it. Uh, Patty, it goes to you. Uh, when does Westward uh, decide when they're going to project winners and announce those on election night? Oh, probably in an hour. You know, it's always a horse race. It's fun watching the networks try to decide how they're going to do it. Do we think that the people in Hawaii are discouraged from voting and changing the outcome of the presidential election because California's votes have come in. I don't really see that it's ever been that big an issue. We're going to want a lot of reporting on what happens this election night because there are going to be some issues at some ballot places. I don't think in Colorado. So let's go back to Jenna Griswold, who deserved praise before, then really uh, was boneheaded with that tweet. She did not get in trouble with old-style mail. The postcard was fine. In fact, Alex Burness from the Denver Post did a good takeout today talking about how 
Scott Gessler, Republican Secretary of State, had started that. Wayne Williams continued the practice. So this is a company that is not a a pro-Democrat group sending out these postcards to remind you to register or vote. You cannot vote just because you got a postcard and are dead. You actually have to prove you're alive and aren't voting for the eighth time. So that's all right. And um, Channel 4 was right to take down the wrong story. They were right to explain why they had to take it down. Good story in the post. Jenna's tweet last night is just another good example of how we should take Twitter away from political officials. If they can boss the press around, we can boss them around. Put down the cell phone. Don't tweet. Colorado ballots will be mailed out in just one week. That's right, folks. Election is literally right around the corner. Let's take a look at the current ballot issues and races to see where we are in Colorado. Eric, we're going to start with you on this one. You have been, as always, my trusted co-pilot on the Colorado Decide series. People have been watching these great debates. Uh, I'm, I'm a little biased. Uh, every Friday at 7 and 7.30. They can check them all out on pbs12.org if they've missed anything. What have been the headlines that have stuck out to you when we look at the ballot issues and some of the races that are down ticket here in Colorado? We've now had a chance to look at it for a good five weeks or so. What's the big headline for you? Yeah, kudos again to, uh, to Channel 12, to PBS 12, and the other partners you assembled, Dominic, the Colorado Sun, Channel 4, uh, for doing this debate series. It's good to be a part of them, uh, or at least many of them. Uh, to be truthful, The headline to me is the lack of political oxygen that is out there for these ballot issues. Yes, they are. Many of them are now engaged. Many of them are now on television. Obviously, we're all getting clutter in our mailboxes from campaigns for and against. But the presidential race itself and the weirdness of it and the reality show nature of it just takes so much oxygen. And what oxygen is left obviously goes to the Hickenlooper Gardner uh, U.S. Senate race, where I would parenthetically note I do think Gardner has had a bad week just because when Trump has a bad week, uh, Gardner has a bad week. And he's, you know, he was behind anyway and, and continues, I think, to lose ground. Uh, in 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 that race, in terms of ballot issues, I mean, given the stakes that are going on in this country, in this world, it is just awful hard to get worked up about an eight one hundredth of a cent decrease in the state income tax, or even about gray wolves in nor- in, in northern Colorado, and a host of other issues. I think it's going to be an interesting election night. Coloradans historically have said no much more than they've said yes to various ballot issues. The burden of proof is certainly on the affirmative side, and we'll see how many of these can get across the finish line. Elena, when those ballots go out statewide starting uh, just about a week from now, um, everyone's going to get a pretty big ballot, but there are some in our state that are even going to get a bigger ballot. Tell us a little about what you've talked about with uh, Denver officials and Denver issues. Absolutely. So, just for background, you know, Colorado's ballot is jam-packed. We've got wolves, we've got paid leave, we have a syntax on nicotine, we have a new way of calculating property taxes. Um, and Denver voters were also will also be asked to vote on a dozen more local initiatives. Um, those include, uh, we've got two sales tax increases um, that target homelessness and climate change, respectively. There are also a few initiatives that would give um, city council, essentially the city's legislative branch, more power and oversight over the executive branch, including mayoral appointees. Um, Really, what I am most interested in personally um, is whether or not Denver voters will choose to lift the city's um, decades-old pit bull ban um, or 
reject it and decide to allow wolves, um, the reintroduction of wolves on the Western Slope, I think we have a lot to look forward to, but it really depends on how engaged our electorate is. Um, as you, as we've talked about, you know, the, this ballot is really, really long and ballot fatigue is a real issue. Um, so whether or not voters will still be engaged that far down the ballot is, is yet to be seen. Patty, I uh, honestly and rather naively thought that at this point in the game, we'd be talking a lot more about ballot issues. When I saw the National Popular Vote uh, Compact being on the ballot many, many months ago, wow, this is going to be huge. The ads, the attention. I don't know if anyone even knows that's on the ballot right now. Um, Is that uh, lack of exposure going to be felt along all of the ballot issue lines this year? Well, the good news is you do have access to find out. If you get your ballot in the mail and they go out next week, you have plenty of time. Thank you, mail out, mail in ballots, and the blue book and everything else we get, even if the blue book had flaws this time. You can look through, you can study, you can figure out what you need to learn more about. You can go online and find out more. Stay away from the Twitter. Uh, but And then you can sit and vote and take your time at your kitchen table. The ones I'm really looking forward to right now are... Gallagher, which is the strangest bedfellows for and against, you would never have thought the Gallagher Amendment would really have the ads out right now, would have all the discussion, but that one's going big. The homeless tax in in Denver will really, I think, be um, an interpretation of how people feel the Michael Hancock administration has done on homelessness. And they're going to vote, their, are they going to vote their heads, their hearts, or their guts? It's going to be tough to tell. Craig, a lot of these issues on the ballot, some of them are for uh, legitimate public policy, and some of them were really put there to draw out bases, which I don't even know if it's part of the argument at this point because everything else is bringing out bases. What do you think the effect will be of, on the 2020 campaign on these ballot issues? Well, I think everybody's coming out for the presidential. And thank God Colorado has a system where we can sit and study the issue. I'm confused on the Gallagher. I'll study it. And if I can't figure it out, I just won't vote on it. That's the way I feel. But on late-term abortion, some ads have caught my eye, particularly the one featuring Rabbi Joe Black and his wife, Sue, who had a Tay-Sachs diagnosis late in pregnancy and terminated. This is an affliction largely of Ashkenazi Jewish people. And uh, the baby is born but dies an agonizing death three or four months later. It's heartbreaking. And I respect people who would carry that baby to term. But you have to respect Rabbi Joe and Sue as well. You can't have the government say you can't do that. Of course, Boebert and Bush, that's the big race we're all looking at. And this latest COVID diagnosis of the president, does that help? Uh, Lauren Boebert? I don't think so. She went against the health rules, opened up her restaurant. Maybe it will dawn on people this is a real thing. It's not a hoax. And uh, people on the other side were right. Well, as we wrap up our ballot issue review, I will remind folks, it's a, it's a shameless plug, but that's always been very uh, welcome here at the CIO table. Uh, PBS12.org, you can look at debates. We've covered as many ballot issues as we possibly can. We even covered uh, that you just saw earlier tonight, the 18th district uh, district attorney race. You're thinking district attorney race. Why would it matter to that? Did you know the 18th judicial district, which is uh, Lincoln, Douglas, Elbert, and Arapahoe counties, uh, will go ahead and, and uh, impact over 1.1 million people in Colorado. That's 20% of our population with that one district attorney's race. So if you haven't seen any of these, you're wondering, how do I find out more? Go to pbs12.org. 
It is now time for our very favorite part of the show, Disgrace of the Week. As always, Ms. Calhoun, please start us off. For a state where everyone loves the great outdoors and treasures the land so much, we have had some really strange federal appointments to run Interior, to run BLM. Most recently, William Perry Penley, good for a Montana judge who determined how he's been staying in his job as head of the BLM, and that's not Black Lives Matter, that is the Bureau of Land Management, has not been good for the country. Craig. And who appointed him? Donald Trump. I started with sympathies for the president, but what he did at that debate, not just the rudeness, but giving tacit approval to the Proud Boys and go ahead. If he gets an election result he doesn't like, unconscionable. But really, it's his mismanagement of this pandemic, as revealed by Bob Woodward, for shame. It's disgraceful. Eric, we go to you for your disgrace of the week. Ditto Patty, ditto Craig. Any efforts, and the president again evidenced it in that debate the other night, to delegitimize uh, this coming election. This is going to be problematic enough given the delay in, in reporting. But the efforts to cast the results into question, to, uh, to, to create the notion that something is amiss, is unforgivable. And then real quickly, his defense of the rallies, I think we've now seen through his own diagnosis that these rallies doing have been misguided and they haven't all been outdoor rallies as he alleged they have been some indoor rallies as well elena we go to you disgrace of the week is i think this entire week um which honestly is a little bit too traumatizing to recap um but it did include the president of the united states uh, refusing to condemn white supremacy during the dumpster fire that was the debate um so i'll stop there (laughs) And it's now time to say something nice about somebody. Very important in a week like this, but we need to do it rather quickly. Patty. Good work by Governor Jared Polis issuing 2,732 pardons for marijuana convictions, possession of under an ounce over the last 60 years up to until 2012. Craig. Our Denver Nuggets. They did us proud. Jamal Murray, fantastic effort. Nicole Jokic, so entertaining. And... They honored Elijah McClain. That was nice. Eric, we go to you. Five former Republican governors across this country have now put person ahead of party uh, and endorsed Joe Biden for president instead of Donald Trump, who's the candidate of their party. I won't list them in the interest of time, but Bill Owens out there, there's still time if you're interested. And Elena, we go to you. Sure. I just wanted to wish uh, good luck to uh, former Governor John Hickenlooper and U.S. Senator Cory Gardner uh, during their debate tonight in Pueblo. Um, I imagine a lot of Coloradans are looking to them to remind us what a uh, dignified and policy-oriented debate will look like, and I imagine that they will deliver. Well, it does give me one last opportunity to let everyone know here that you can keep watching our Colorado Decides series. We wrap it up next Friday with an, a, a look at one another ballot issues about being a citizen to vote and, of course, a full ballot review at 730. And our Both Sides of the Story uh, series starts on the 16th of October. For everybody here at PBS 12, I'm Dominic Dizzuti. Thank you so much for watching. Good night. We'll be right back.